What an awesome, awesome responsibility. What an awesome privilege we have to come and to worship the God of heaven this morning. I appreciate Brother Will leading that hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. And I was hoping that we could sing that song and, and to get our minds prepared for this study as we think about the holiness of God. We've been engaged in a study this month. We've looked at a theme on the moral issues facing the Lord's church today. And we've examined these in depth. We've looked at some specific uh, sinful things that are happening in our world that have unfortunately made their way into the church. And we've talked about why we must abstain from it. But today as we kind of bring everything to its climax, we bring everything to a close that we've discussed in the month of May, it all boils down to this. Our God is holy. And if we are going to be the kind of people He wants us to be, then we will be holy. I appreciate our visitors who are with us today. As Brother Paul mentioned, uh, we always love to have visitors. And we hope you'll stay with us this afternoon for the fellowship meal. It's always a wonderful time. And then again to assemble this afternoon to sing praises to God and to learn more from His Word. So again, thank you for being here today. I'm just in awe of our God. And it's such an honor and privilege to stand before you this morning. Therefore, gird up the lowlands of your mind and be sober. And rest your hope fully upon the grace that has been brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as he who has called you is holy, so you be holy in all of your conduct. Because it is written, be holy, for I am holy. 1 Peter 1, 13-16. That will serve as our main text this morning, but I'd like to kind of work backwards this morning. Something a little bit different. I want to start with that text and present it and put it before you, and I want you to keep that text in your mind. And as we come to the conclusion of this sermon, we want to go back to that text, hopefully with a better understanding of what it means to be holy as God is holy. And then, of course, we want to put it together and put it into practice and live holy lives before our God. Yes, even in a world full of sin and darkness. Our goal this morning is to notice how holiness can be explained, how it is expressed throughout the Word of God, the fact that holiness is expected of the children of God, and then finally we'll notice how holiness can be exemplified in the lives of Christians. Let's begin by noticing how holiness is explained. Several definitions that we could look at this morning. I wanted to present these before you again, hopefully to have a better understanding of what holiness is. When we hear the word holy, we think, well, that doesn't apply to me. That applies to God. That applies to the holy city. That applies to holy Jerusalem, things we read in Scripture. But certainly that can't apply to, to me. But hopefully we'll understand that, yes, it absolutely does. We can live and we must live holy lives. So what does it mean? The word holy means exalted or worthy of complete devotion as one perfect in goodness and righteousness. Now, so of course, that refers to Almighty God. Psalm 99 and verse 9. He is holy. His throne is holy. He is the one who is pure. He's the one who is absolutely righteous and holy in that perfect sense. But notice the second half of this definition. To be holy is to be devoted entirely to the deity or the work of the deity. And so God is perfect. His work is absolutely perfect. 
This word is described and ascribed to him, but notice those who are devoted entirely to his work can live holy lives, pure lives before God. The Holman Bible Dictionary said that holiness is a characteristic unique to God's nature, notice, which becomes the goal for moral character. And so if we want to be holy, we look to the pattern, and that's God. Everything about God is holy. And so if we want to be holy, we look to Him. We want to be more like Him. That's how we can be holy. Vine's Expository Dictionary says to be holy is to be separated from sin and consecrated to God. I love that definition because of what that means for us. We are to be different from this world. We are in this world, but not of the world. We are to live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Titus 2, 11 and 12. We as the church are the ecclesia, the called out. Called out of sin, called out of the world, into Christ by the gospel. So here we have this, uh, the explanation of holiness. There are four distinct meanings of the word holiness. The first one is to be set apart. The word there is sanctified. So every time you see that word sanctified, you think about that word, it means to be set apart for a holy purpose. The root word of sanctified is saint. And we as Christians are saints. 1 Peter 2.5 as well as 1 Peter 2.9. In John 17, in verse 17, this is in the context of the Lord's Prayer. We discussed some of this this morning in Brother Jack's class. Jesus is praying for unity. But in verse 17, He's praying for the apostles specifically he says, sanctify them, the apostles, by your truth. Your word is truth. Sanctify them. Set them apart for a holy purpose, a holy use. And so that's how the word holy is used. It's also used in the sense of perfect or being spiritually pure. And this is the word that describes Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 26. Holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. That's Jesus. A third is one who evokes all, Job 37 and verse 22, with God is awesome majesty. And a fourth meaning is one who is filled with power. In Psalm 62 and verse 11 says that power, ultimate power, belongs to God. So again, as we think about how holiness is explained and how we can go to the Word of God and see these different definitions, it all applies to God, doesn't it? Every one of these. If you were to say, who is God? This is one of the descriptions. God is holy. But again, for us as Christians, we are to be holy as God is holy. In the second place, let's notice holiness expressed. How is holiness expressed in the Word of God? It's expressed in a very, very unique way. Notice that the word holy, or a form of it, is found almost 700 times in the Word of God. 669 times in the New King James Version. Do you think that's something important for us as we study the Bible? If it's mentioned that many times, all throughout Scripture, it is expressed. Here is the first time it's mentioned and the last time it's mentioned in the Word of God. The first time it's mentioned is a wonderful, powerful moment. Not only in the life of Moses, but in the overall scheme of redemption. You remember Moses at the burning bush. And God said, take off your sandals. The place where you stand is holy ground. What made that ground holy? Was it something about how it felt or, or maybe how it looked? No. It was holy because God's presence was there. 
holy ground. The last time you find it is in reference to the holy city. Again, that's where God dwells. So where there's God, there's holiness. And if we want to approach God, what, what, what must we be? We must be holy. Without holiness, no man will see God. Hebrews 12, 14. Let's notice specifically how it's expressed in the Word of God. First, let's notice how it's expressed in the book of Leviticus. If you've never studied the book of Leviticus, we can sum it up by saying this. God is holy and He expects His people to be holy. That's the book of Leviticus. You look at all the different sacrifices, all the different offerings. There are seven that you find as you open up. The trespass offering, the grain offering, the peace offering. All of that to say God is holy. If we're going to approach Him, we must be holy. It is found 95 times in the book of Leviticus alone. Here are a few examples. Leviticus 11, 44 and 45. For I am the Lord your God. You shall therefore consecrate yourselves, and you shall be holy, for I am holy. Neither shall you defile yourselves with any creeping thing that creeps on the earth, for I am the Lord who brings you up out of the land of Egypt to be your God. You shall therefore be holy, for I am holy. Now God is speaking to His people. He's speaking to Israel. Who is the Israel of God today? It's the church that belongs to Jesus. Galatians 6.16 We are a spiritual Israel. God is speaking to His children. And Peter quotes from this exact text. You be holy, for I am holy. Leviticus 19 and verse 2 Speak to all the congregation of the children of Israel. Say to them, You shall be holy. For I, the Lord your God, am holy. Leviticus chapter 20, verse 7, as well as verse 26. Consecrate yourselves, therefore, and be holy, for I am the Lord your God. You shall be holy to me, for I, the Lord, am holy, and have separated you from the peoples that you should be mine. Do you think God wants us to be concerned with holiness? Do you think being holy is something that's important to our God? It absolutely is. Let's notice how it's expressed in the book of Psalms. In the Psalms, it's found some 50 times. 50 times you read about something that is holy in the book of Psalms. Here are a few examples for us. Give unto the Lord the glory due His name. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Psalm 29.2 God reigns over the nations. God sits on His holy throne. Psalm 47 and verse 8. Your testimonies are very sure. Holiness adorns your house, O Lord, forever. You may be wondering why I put 1 Timothy 3.15 up there. Holiness adorns God's house. What is God's house today? The house of God, which is the church of the living God, the pillar and ground of the truth. 1 Timothy 3.15. The question is, does God's holiness dwell in His house today? You see, we as God's people that make up the body of Christ, the house of God, we are to be holy because God is holy. I love Psalm 99, a psalm that's saturated with holiness. Verse 3, verse 5, and verse 9. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His footstool. He is holy. Exalt the Lord our God and worship at His holy hill. For the Lord our God is holy. Brethren, we've got to be concerned. We've got to be focused on the holiness of God and how that ought to change the way we live our lives.
We are to be holy as God is holy. We've noticed how this word is expressed in the book of Leviticus, how it's expressed in the Psalms. Let's notice how it's expressed in the prophets. Found 140 times in the major prophets alone. Throughout the minor prophets, the books that are much shorter, of course they're not less important, minor in the sense that they're shorter than these longer books, over 20 times in the minor prophets. But 140 times in the major prophets. Here's an example of God's holiness on display. Isaiah chapter 6. One of the great chapters in the Old Testament. When you think about the work of Isaiah. You think about the work of Ezekiel. You think of the work of Daniel, Jeremiah. What is consistent with their work? Before they could go out and do great things for God, they had to be struck by His awesome holiness. That's where it all starts. You read the first few chapters of those major prophets and see if that's not the case. Struck with the awesome holiness of God. Here's an example in Isaiah chapter 6. In the year that King Uzziah died, I, speaking of Isaiah, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two he covered his face. With two he covered his feet. With two he flew. One cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of Him who cried out. And the house was filled with smoke. How did Isaiah respond to this awesome moment? He said, Woe is me! For I am undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips. I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. One of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongues from his altar. He touched my mouth with it, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? The entire Godhead is involved right here. Then I said, Here am I. Send me. At what point was Isaiah ready to go and to preach? At what point was he ready to go and to withstand all the adversity he would withstand? When he got a glimpse of the holiness of God. He said, here am I, send me. And brethren, until we truly get a glimpse of God's holiness, we won't be ready to truly serve Him. Unless we understand that we come to worship a holy God. And we ought to put all of our focus, all of our energy, the very best that we can bring to God. Why? Because He's holy. And if we approach Him in a way that's just, I'm just checking off a box. I was there Sunday morning. I'm there Wednesday night. Therefore, I'm doing what I need to be doing. Until we get a glimpse of the fact that God is holy. And we are here to bow down and worship a holy God. We won't be the kind of people we need to be. Here's Isaiah. Who was taken back by God's holiness. And then he said, Here am I, send me. Are we truly struck, all struck, by the holiness of God? As we continue thinking about how it's expressed, we go to the New Testament. The word holy is rendered many, many times involved with the Holy Spirit. We understand that. We think about God's Spirit, we know it's holy. He, 
is holy. John 16, 13. The Spirit is a person. Important to remember. He, the Spirit of truth, when He shall come, shall guide you, the apostles, into all truth. He is holy. But in the book of Revelation specifically, again, the word holiness is very, very unique. It's found 16 times. In Revelation chapter 4, we have that great throne scene. Chapter 4, we have God the Father. Chapter 5, we have the Lamb. Both are worthy of praise. The four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within. They do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Have we heard that before? Have we seen holy, holy, holy those three times? Have we seen that before? We just saw it in Isaiah, didn't we? You see how holiness is expressed all throughout Scripture to point to God. In Revelation 15 and verse 4, Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? You alone are holy. And then in Revelation 21 and verse 2, Then I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The way that holiness is expressed throughout the Word of God is to put us into a place where when we think about God, we think about His holiness. But it forces us to examine our own lives and ask ourselves, do we really see the holiness of God? Are we really taken back by what He's revealed to us in His Word? Again, if that's the case, that will change the way that we live. That will change the way we talk. Change the way we dress. It will determine where we go, where we don't go. It will change everything when we think about the holiness of God. We've noticed holiness examined and holiness expressed. But now we begin to get very practical and very personal to understand that holiness is expected of God's people. If we're going to be the people that God wants us to be, we must be holy. We are called to a life of holiness. I want to explain that word called for a moment because there's a lot of confusion in the religious world. Some say you are called in the sense that there's a small, still voice in the night that wakes you up and tells you what to do. I've had individuals come to me and say, the Holy Spirit talked to me this morning and told me to come to services. How does the Holy Spirit operate today? Here's the answer in short. Through His revealed Word. We already noticed John 16, 13, His most important work, guiding the apostles into all truth. He revealed the mind of God, 1 Corinthians 2, 9 through 13. That's how the Spirit operates, through the instrumentality, through the method of the Word of God. How are we called then? If we're called to a life of, of holiness, how are we called? We are all called by the gospel. Here's your text, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verses 13 and 14. We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning. Chose you for salvation through what? Sanctification. What does that word mean? We've already discussed it. Set apart for a holy purpose. Well, how did He do that? By the Spirit. By the Spirit's teaching. By what the Spirit has revealed. Notice, and belief in the truth to which He called you by the gospel for the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we're all called by the gospel. The call has gone out to the whole world. But not everybody's answered that call, have they? 
But here's the point. If I've answered the call of the gospel, what I mean by that is I've heard it, I believe it, I've repented of my sins, I've confessed with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, I've been immersed into Christ, I came out of that watery grave to walk in newness of life, this then applies to me. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but He called us unto holiness. The American Standard says He called us in sanctification. So you see how those words are used together. He called us to be different. He called us to be set apart. Peter writing to the church, he said, but you also, as living stones, are built up a spiritual house. Notice this. A holy priesthood. To do what? To offer up spiritual sacrifices. <coughs> Excuse me. Acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. How are we going to offer up those spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God if we're not holy? In verse 9 he says, But you are a chosen generation. Notice this. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. His own special people. That you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. You are not a people, but now you are the people of God. Brethren, we're the people of God. We ought to be different because we're the people of God. We are a holy nation, a holy people. In Hebrews 12 and verse 14, Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. If I want to go to heaven, I must live a life of holiness. If I don't live a life of holiness, I will not see the Lord. Holiness then is expected in God's people. So we've noticed holiness examined, holiness expressed, holiness expected. But now let's bring it home. Let's round third. Let's see how this applies to our lives. As we think about holiness exemplified in the life of a Christian. Let's go back to the text we opened up with in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 13 through 16. First, notice that word, therefore. As Bible students, and I've shared this many times, when you see the word therefore, stop and see what it's there for. It's connecting something. Therefore, connects us all the way back to verses 1 through 12, or 1 Peter chapter 1. He's writing to the elect from God the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, through the blood of Jesus Christ. He's writing to Christians. Everything that he said in the verse 12 verses, he says, therefore, in view of this, Gird up the lowest of your mind and be sober. Rest your hope fully upon the grace that has brought to you the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust as in your ignorance, but as He who has called you is holy, you be holy in all your conduct. Because it's written, be holy for I am holy. Three points as we close out this morning. Number one. If I'm going to exemplify holiness in my life, there must be the proper preparation. Gird up the loins of your mind. We don't use that language today, do we? When's the last time you told somebody, make sure you gird up your loins before you leave the house? I don't know that I've ever said that. So it's important to understand what he means. In the first century context, they wore long flowing robes. 
And if they were going to move and they had to get somewhere fast, they had to grab them and they had to gird them up and tie it right here. That way they could move freely. That's the idea of girding up your loins. In Exodus chapter 12, remember they had to eat the Passover. How were they to eat it? With haste. They had to be ready to move. What did he say? Have your loins girded about. In John chapter 13, we have Jesus washing the disciples' feet. What did he do? He girded himself with a towel and he washed their feet. Perhaps Peter is going back in his mind to when Jesus did that. This idea of girding up the loins. But Peter says you gird up the loins of your mind. Today we may say roll up the sleeves of your mind. The ESV says prepare your minds for action. Roll up the sleeves of your mind. Be sober and rest your hope. If we're going to be holy as God is holy, if we're going to exemplify this, we have to prepare ourselves. And it all starts in the mind. The battle for your soul is waged right here. It's in the mind. We have to make sure our mind is right before God. Isaiah 26 and verse 3, You will keep Him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Jesus said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your strength, all your mind. Matthew twenty two thirty seven. If you then be risen with Christ, set your mind on things that are above, not on things of this world. Colossians 3, 1 and 2. If we're going to be holy, it starts in the mind. Prepare your mind and be sober. The word for sober there is nepho, free from contamination. Same word in 1 Peter 5 eight. You be sober, be vigilant. Your adversary the devil walks about like a roaring lion. Be sober, be alert, be prepared. If I'm going to be holy as God is holy, then there must be the proper preparation. But in the second place, consider, if I'm going to exemplify holiness, there must be the right action. Prepare your minds as obedient children. This is very interesting in the original language. It means as children of obedience. As obedient children. What's that going to take? Not conforming yourselves to the, yourselves to the former lust. Not conforming yourselves. But be holy in all your conduct. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Romans 12, 1 and 2. Do not be conformed, be transformed. It all starts in the mind. That's the action you have to take. Paul, in writing to the brethren at Ephesus, he said, don't walk anymore like the Gentiles walk in the futility and the darkness of their minds and hearts. You walk as someone who's a brand new creature in Christ. You walk as someone who has their mind prepared to live a holy life. That is the action we must take if we're going to exemplify holiness. But finally this morning, let's notice the reason. Why must I prepare my mind? Why must I put what I read in Scripture into action? Why must I live a life of holiness? Because it is written, Be holy, for I am holy. The word be here is better understood as become. It's not something that happens overnight, brethren. You're not going to wake up one morning and say, You know what? I'm holy. Wow. 
It is true that we are set apart and we obey the gospel, 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 11, but sanctification is an ongoing process. We continue to be set apart from the world. We have to continue to make right decisions when temptation's all around us. We continue to be separate. We continue to be different. It's a manner of life affected through godliness. The word godliness means God-likeness. God is holy. We are to be holy. We are to become separated from a life of habitual sin. We don't practice sin anymore. Why? Because we're Christians. We died to sin. And we're alive unto God. Romans 6. Ephesians 2. In 2 Corinthians chapter 6, beginning in verse 11, going down through chapter 7 and verse 1, God speaking to Israel. Paul uses this in writing to the brethren at Corinth. He says, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. And I will be a father to you. You will be my sons. You will be my daughters. Therefore, getting rid of all that uncleanliness, let us perfect holiness in the fear of God. That's what it's all about. Let us perfect holiness in the fear of God. Let's look to God. Let's look at His holiness and say, I want to be more like my Heavenly Father. I want to be holy because my God is holy. So this morning, I have a question for you. Again, this kind of sums up everything we've talked about this month. Why I must abstain from all these sinful things that we've discussed over the course of the month of May. Why must I be so concerned with living a true, holy life before God? Are you doing it? Are you living a life that's holy? You're the only one that can answer that question for yourself. You know you're here this morning. You know why you're here this morning. I hope and pray that we all have the right motive in being here this morning. You know whether or not you're going to be back here tonight. You know if you're going to open your Bible tomorrow morning or not. If you're going to pray to God. You can look over your life and you can examine your heart. And you can answer this question. What I'm asking this morning is to be honest with yourself. To be honest with God. Are you living a pure and holy life? If you're not a Christian, I have great news for you. In fact, you can go all over the world. You're not going to find any better news than the fact that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, died for you. That you can live a life of holiness. He died for you so you can be in heaven forever. But now you have to respond to that. Meet the conditions set forth in the Word of God. If you believe that Jesus is the Christ, based on the evidence found in the Word of God, if you're willing to repent of sin, change your mind and start living a life of holiness, if you're willing to confess with the mouth that Jesus is Lord, you can be immersed into Christ. Have your sins washed away by His blood. Rise to walk in newness of life. And then be on a constant pursuit of holiness, even in the face of death, to receive the crown of life, Revelation 2.10. But it may be the case that you are a child of God. You've obeyed the Gospel. You've been a member of the Lord's church for years and years. But you're struggling with this question right now. I'm not living a holy life the way I should. I'm doing things, I'm saying things I shouldn't. I'm not de fully devoted to God because I haven't really thought about how holy He is and what He really expects of me. If that describes you, make sure from this point forward 
You live a life that is characterized by holiness. Why? Because God is holy. And if I'm going to see Him, and if I'm going to be with Him forever, then I must be holy. Won't you come just as you are this morning? But don't stay just as you are. Be ready to make the change. Be ready to live a life of holiness to the glory of God. Won't you come as together we stand and sing?